Welcome to the Batphone Podcast, where we talk about combat sports, comic books, gaming, pop culture, and anything else my friends want to talk about. Hosted by yours truly, Nick Batman Hughes. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. M16 Open, round eight, and I've been looking forward to this one. I actually just watched the videos that... Adam and Miles released uh, prior to the event, and I understand most of you, if you do listen to this, will be listening after the event, but the hype has been so real that I I just have to do a pre-event breakdown, and it's good sometimes to get a bit of a timeline when you are thinking about what's going to happen, you're speculating about the possibilities, and then you get the chance to hear it all in long form to see how it played out on the day but I mean just first and foremost this is absolutely amazing that this event is being able to go ahead I know that the guys have been stressing out so much about what is possible in terms of matchups there's always the best intentions there's always everyone is training and trying to get where they need to be things fall through at the best of times but in COVID times it's even worse so we've got to commend the guys for putting it on we've got to commend every single sponsor everyone who's putting up money so the event can run smoothly and yeah just everyone who puts their hand up to compete on these shows because they're turning into what is honestly the most exciting grappling card that is happening in Australia today and man I just I can't believe that I get the opportunity to walk in the doors and see it live. Last time we had Declan Moody versus Will Diaz. I mean, that was that was huge. That's one of the biggest matchups you could possibly have uh, in Australia, and we got to see it live. And yeah, the, this is going to be absolutely fantastic. And uh, no slouch, this card. I mean, we were going to have a four-man black belt tournament, but it's turned into two super fights, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But there are some amazing bouts that are going to go down. I mean, the undercard is stacked. Just in general, it's stacked. But uh, Ben Swingler versus Jordan Mauer, that's that's a sleeper for a really exciting bout. Those guys, the style contrast there, the strength, the athleticism, and the skill, it's really on high. Uh, you've got Jesse Lawton versus Dennis Pasamba. I, I really think that that could be a sleeper there because both of those guys who they've you know competed in high level on the M16 Open before in different time periods, and they both took pugs to decision. And that is no mean feat. Uh, we've seen Pugliese, you know, get submissions on some extremely high-level practitioners uh, in this game, including Alan Hartley and Jarek Paynes. And man, like for Jesse versus Dennis is a real interesting style clash. Um, and they're just both grip kings and squeeze kings. Like they're just incredibly strong and smooth and slick. I think that's a, a credit to the matchmaking to bring those two guys together because that is just going to be fireworks. Uh, we've got Adam Jones versus Damian Villar, and you know Adam's going to try and get revenge for his uh, red-headed stepchild, Malazzo. I don't know how it's going to go. I feel like everyone just wants to see Adam get squished under mount for approximately 10 to 15 minutes. If there's an overtime, we'll just start him under the mount uh, and you know potentially uh, see the mother's milk that everyone wants to see. Uh, happen to this, you know, couldn't be a more deserving person. I think Tommy Everett has... Uh, you know, going to provide some good mid-match shit talking on Adam as well. I'll try to get some commentary in on that match just so I can, you know, have my say about how I feel uh, about Adam and, you know, the Jones brothers in general. Uh, Then it's Alan versus Tom, actually. So, wow, 
Alan Hartley versus Tom Everett. That's another really slick matchup. Guys that we've seen on the M16 Open before have incredibly technical bouts and always entertaining. <sighs> it just goes from strength to strength. And I could try and do pickems and see who's going to win, but I feel like, A, it's disrespectful. But B, why? Why? Let's just see it all play out and see how, you know, see the awesome technique on display. It's almost doesn't matter who wins in these types of matchups because we as the community win by having them announced and having them go ahead and all of the progression and and awesome shit that comes out of it I'm like i'm really looking forward to this day you can hear i'm really excited it's still like two days out at this point i'm doing this on friday the event's on sunday i've had to isolate for seven days because i was a close contact or whatever and yeah i'm just going stir crazy thinking about how i'm just going to get out right on time basically just to go to this event um, next up would be Alex Lan- Lanyon versus Jesse Hughes. So it's basically the gentle giant versus the gentle giant slayer. Uh, Jesse has taken down some big guys on the, on the open before in the past. Uh, but Alex, I mean, his last matchup was versus half of the main event, Devin Coetzee and, uh, you know, fighting for the championship. And th- these matchups, you're not going to be able to see anywhere else in Australia as well. And I think that that is just going to be, yes, there might be a a size discrepancy, but there's no skill discrepancy. Like these guys are on the level when it comes to skill and technique and the art of jiu-jitsu. And I think people, when they saw that matchup announced, like if you know them both and you understand that technique is their long-term pursuit, then it's just going to be a masterpiece again. Lachlan Conway versus Toll Simpson. I think we all know Conway's style is exciting. Um, I remember in his match against Pablo, he he had a guillotine locked in, and Pablo was in the mount, and he bridged out of the being underneath the mount with a with a guillotine grip. And I was just like, you know, Adam called it as well. I was standing next to Adam Jones as we were watching that. He's like, yeah, watch this bullshit. And yeah, the bullshit occurred, but it's not bullshit when you're that good at jiu-jitsu. And Toll Simpson, I believe he's a brown belt from 10th Planet Brisbane. He'll be coming down with Devin. And I'm very excited to see that style match up again. I mean, we saw it with Pablo, who has a slight 10p influence in his style and his technique selection. So it's going to be interesting to see if Lachlan has learned some lessons and, and really brings about you know, some answers to the 10th Planet style as well. So what was going to be the four-man is now two super fights that you've got to look forward to. Mikhail Yehaya and Diego Caruso. I mean, (laughs) entertainment plus with Mikhail. He's been on quite a few invitationals and he's been incredibly exciting every single time. I feel like we're going to see maybe a bunny hop or a, a frog jump or a leap or something, something high into the sky where... Either Mikhail tries to send Diego up or Mikhail goes up himself. I feel like that's what's going to happen. I feel also maybe Mikhail needs to wear like a Rey Mysterio outfit as he as he grapples in the open because it's just the most appropriate style that he could wear. And Diego as well. Like Diego's very difficult to pass his guard, very difficult to submit. And he just he's such a veteran of the game, both in MMA and jiu-jitsu, that you just can't count him out at any moment. It's going to be interesting to see how the fast-paced, erratic, athletic 
style, but also very skillful style of Mikhail is going to match up with that hard-nosed, never-give-up style of Diego. I mean, this is absolutely intriguing matchups. And speaking of intriguing matchups, to be honest with you, this next one may be the most intriguing one of the bunch. Aaron Blackie versus Jeremy Skinner. And Blackie was actually going to be my dark horse pick for the four man. I mean, he's a judo black belt, jiu-jitsu black belt, longtime MMA practitioner. He's just been signed to the PFL, which is absolutely massive for him and his career and his life in general. So massive commendations to Aaron for being able to achieve that milestone. But man, I remember watching him fight guys like Michael Tobin and Ben Royville and and so many more on Eternal, um, Sam Hibbert, another one, like he is a competitor. And when you have that person who's been in those situations where they understand how to perform, something special really happens. And then they just understand how to flick the switch. I'd say Alan Hartley's another one of those guys who just knows how to flick the switch. Luke Vidler, another one of those guys who just knows how to do it. Uh, and Aaron is one of those guys as well. And Jeremy Skinner, even though I have a feeling that on any given day he could be shooting up a school or just, you know, having, you know, some bodies floating around in his basement or maybe just some suits made out of skin or something like that, just hanging around in his closet. I feel like all that aside, he is one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners that has come out of Australia in the last 10 years. Everyone's waiting for the Isaac rematch, but you know, pending, barring that, we get to see this guy compete on our soil. Um, have a look at some quantum entanglement stuff that Jeremy's been doing lately. You understand uh, that everything I said just then was bullshit and everything that he says all the time is not bullshit. The guy knows his stuff. From all accounts, he's an excellent coach. Uh, and just a very thoughtful and precise practitioner who really understands his own style, really understands the styles of his opponents and has been a very successful competitor due to that. He's a Lachlan Giles black belt. He is super legit and it's going to be incredibly good to see him in person live doing what he does uh, against an incredibly game opponent. I mean, this this M16 Open is going to be fascinating absolutely fascinating i'm gonna do my absolute best to get interviews i'm gonna do my best to get some match commentary and some insights potentially some shit talk from the sidelines as i usually do but i'm gonna be caught watching just like every time i remember the first time i just kept saying wow Uh, there was a lot of wow but there's probably going to be even more wow this time and you're gonna have to forgive me because as i'm describing to you it's just going to be a massive day and of course the main event of the evening is going to be Declan versus Devon. And this is a champ versus champ match. 88Ks versus the 99 plus. But I feel like that's almost almost not even a, a thing at this point with two guys on, of this caliber. I mean, Devon has been on South Australian soil tapping out black belts before. You know, this, this is no nothing new to him and he's been in so many high level matchups even competing on the regional circuit in brisbane when you've got guys like harry gresh and they're like this just the caliber of opponent that they've both faced in the past previously and recently means that 
they are ready. They are ready for each other's style. They are ready for what each other bring to the table. But the ability level on both of them is just so off the charts that, I mean, how, how do you pick it? I know who I want to win. I want Declan to win. I'm a big Declan fan. But you've got to be a big Devon fan as well because of what he's achieved uh, in his time in jiu-jitsu. And he's achieved it in a relatively short time as well. He's an incredibly dedicated practitioner, a talented one, and a successful one. We're, we're going to see. We're really going to see uh, coming up. And for me, sitting in my shoes right now, I have to wait two days for that to happen. But if you're listening to this after the event, uh, we're going to see immediately how it goes down. I hope I have appropriately hyped it. And I hope this gets you ready for what happens. Uh, and I hope that all of these words ring true as well. I know also, man, there's so many matchups I, I haven't mentioned. But look, tickets are at the door. Get down there. You know, I hope that you went down there and watched. Obviously, there's always a stream, but I'm looking forward to chatting to some people and seeing what they think of the matchups. And I want to chat to some people after the podcast and after and see what they want to see in the future. Hopefully, I'm going to coax some people uh, to come onto the podcast after as well, which is going to be nice. So, all right, guys, next time I log in, it's going to be at the event. It's going to be on the day and we're going to be absolutely hyped. Let's see. All right, just rocked up, and I have the black belt versus black belt matchup going on today. Jesse Hughes, and of course, the first person I can rope into doing any segments at all, Dan Dwyer. How are you guys feeling? Good boys. Pretty nervous. That's, Pretty nervous. That's standard for me. Nervous? She'll be all right. With the skills on you, man, you shouldn't be nervous. You should be happy, raring to go. How's it going to go down? Ah, uh, well, I'm assuming... Looking at his last couple of fights, he's going to pull guard um, straight from the start, and then he plays a bit of De La Hiva and reverse De La Hiva, so plans to go in there and see if I can find some leg locks or some Japanese neckties yeah, or something. Man. See if how he we pulls go. Hooks, let's get some. Let's get some OG back steps going on and, and go straight into the saddle. No, his match against Manasa was pretty telling about how much of a submission hunter he is and how yeah. technical he is. He's, he has a style pretty dialed down and. I feel like you're so adaptable and well-versed in all areas of the game that you're going to be able to read and float and, and pick apart what you need to. But, hey, he's also massive. Yeah. So there's that factor. And he just got his black belt, like, yesterday or something. Yeah, so. So. No, it should be a good fight. I've never actually never rolled with him, never, which is a bit interesting because normally I've at least rolled the guy. Um, but, no, the biggest thing for me today that makes, like, makes me nervous is just fitness because I was in isolation and I've had about a week's training. <laughs> Finishers so, don't need cardio. See how Finishers we go. don't need cardio. These 10-minute matches are brutal. Oh, and it's ADCC rule set as well, 5 and 5? Yeah. Interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think that makes a lot for a lot of different interesting dynamics as well with the type of people we've got on the card, like MMA guys, judo guys, and strong wrestlers, strong jiu-jitsu proponents who've competed in this rule set before at a high level. Leg lockers, like pressure passer. It's going to be a really interesting day. Yeah, think. can't wait. Undercard looks pretty crazy. And what about you, Dwyer? You reffing today? Yeah, reffing today, last minute, uh, jumping in to uh, help out Penrose. Um, yeah, it should be good. I'm excited to see a lot of the matches up close. It's uh, very intimidating because last time I reffed, I uh, had to referee Declan uh, and uh, Lachlan and Papo. And, like, I'm a brown belt, so refereeing all these black belts is very intimidating. Did they get a little bit knocky at you? They got angry, and now I think they hate me still. So, like, last time I rolled with Conway, he, uh, he definitely put a lot more pressure on. So uh, I'm afraid to referee uh, his match and mess up or anything. Did he like whisper so, anything in your ear, though? That's what I wanted to uh, know. No, but it was definitely, like, an over and over and over and over, like, submission, like, the exact same thing. So, well, um, I mean, given what's going down on the card today, 
there's a lot to be excited about. Obviously, the undercard is stacked. I always do like a pre-breakdown of all the matches and things like that, but I know what I'm looking forward to. Is there anything that stands out that you're looking forward to as well? I'm excited to see Jeremy Skinner uh, step up and uh, you know, compete again in Adelaide. The last time, uh, actually compensated the last time he was here, so that's pretty cool, I think. Um, but yeah, that, um, I mean, seeing all, yeah, seeing my friends compete, I mean, in this times, it's weird to see people again, but it's also <laughs> great to see people do jiu-jitsu and win and, you know, seeing all the coaches in the corners and stuff like that for all the gyms, uh, yeah. seeing yourself, um, you know, it's great. It's good. it's good. I'm excited for today. I'm excited for some of the matches and uh, I'm sure it'll be another amazing card by the M16 guys. Yeah, that was a, it's a very interesting matchup and it's what I was alluding to before when I, was, when I said it to Jesse is like, you've got Aaron Blackie that's been signed to the PFL. Mm. Uh, he's been fighting MMA for a very long time, knows how to perform. And you've got an ADCC rule set against a strong leg lock entanglement guy, you know, and a guy who's proven elite techniques at a high level. But as I said, ADCC rule set, Aaron Black, he's a judo black belt and a jiu-jitsu black belt. Does that play more to his style or will he view it that way? It's a very interesting dynamic that's been playing out now that it's not a four-man anymore, now that it's going to be two super fights. I think it's potentially more exciting. Like, they definitely picked the right matchups out of the guys who are in that four-man. Oh, Diego's going to bust it up. You can obviously see what... No, you're in it now. You're in, you're in it, now. it, Diego. You're, 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 you're in, in it now. Oh, what I was just talking about was uh, Aaron Blackie versus Jeremy Skinner. You've got Blackie, who's you know signed to the PFL, and he's a judo and jiu-jitsu black belt, and Skinner, who's an entanglement guy, a leg lock guy, well-known. Does the ADCC rule set potentially favor maybe Aaron Blackie style if there's points and wrestling and, and takedowns towards the end or will he survive that long in a, against a guy who's so dangerous and so elite well you know what probably they're the two things that will be the difference I guess mm-hmm. so whoever can I guess impose one style obviously Skinner being the dude is probably going to want to tap him mate eh? yeah because he's a, a vicious little leg locker guy and man he armbarred me so he's dangerous everywhere that motherfucker <laughs> um, you know and I guess Blackie yeah slowing it down and making it a real grind will be a better one for him you know you'd think so but we'll see man. I'm sure it'd be cool well something we've seen before on M16 Opens is that five minute tactic change I mean yeah, Declan man. did it yeah. Hugs and Will Kolarov have done it before as well they yeah. just change their style a little bit about yeah. what they're trying to attempt to do after that five minute yeah. do you think well, there could be some gaming are you going to game well you know what last time when I did it was the first time I did it under those rules and it was really odd because in my mind I was like I like the overtime round with a, a choke it's like a penalty oh, yeah, shootout yeah, yeah. you know an Italian's traditionally <laughs> in a final we always win really so it's like you stole that from me man um, I feel like Argentina yeah. and Brazil would have something to say about that. that's alright well, no, in, in, in the penalties we generally win in the penalties, win in the penalty, right, yeah so. um, but you know look the rules are what they are, man. And I guess having the point, yeah, it makes a little bit more of the wrestling tactic for judo and stuff. So, yeah, that's cool too. But it I gets think also involved. the point style as well with ADCC, it's a different point style. So yeah. you have to get clean takedowns, yes. right? You have to throw to yeah. the shoulders. Yeah. And if you pass and they turtle, it doesn't matter. Take down the turtle, doesn't matter. You know what? I reckon that's better because when you're pushing really hard, you got more chance of getting caught up in something and, and you know you're putting more effort in you're more exposed it's more explosive and a little bit more dangerous I like it I think it's good man speaking of explosive man you know who you've got you've yeah, got man. the explosive machine yeah. if he doesn't try to frog leap you or jump high in the sky or some shit I'm not sure what's going to go down then yeah are you going to ground him are you going to smother him or are you going to pull guard you know I don't even know what I'm going to do man <laughs> I'm of no mind man I'm trying to be like that uh, the last samurai you know, too, too many minds, but I'm out of my mind, so I don't know. I've got to, I don't know. We'll see. I, you know, I don't even know. I know he's got some good areas, and I'll try not to go there. Yeah. Because I just think, hey, what's the point? But we'll see. 
pussy, man. Well, for me, your style is <laughs> your your jujitsu guard is very, it's hard to pass. Like you've been doing jujitsu for so long, you yeah. understand the guard game and how to retain guard. And you're also not easy to submit as well. Like you understand the ins and outs of submissions. You can see things coming from quite a long way away. But I think if you were to strategize, he has potentially a speed advantage and you have potentially the more traditional base advantage. If you draw him into playing position with you, that means you could draw him maybe into the later portions of the fight yeah. where you're, you know, well, the Caruso brothers are known for sticking with it mentally. Yeah, look, you know what it is for me? It's just, yeah, that mental. In my mind, I just think, hey, man, there's a marker out there. And in my mind, I'm like, hey, it's to the death, man. And whoever's <laughs> going to get to that post first, obviously we ain't going to... I don't want to see that happen, but that's the mental mindset I got. And, um, yeah, I just try to race to that kind of thing. And you strategize, you go, like like last time, Miles, having in your mindset, oh, I'm not going to get submitted, that's a very bad mentality too because then you become quite lazy. And, you know, that's, I think, what tradition can happen too. So, you know, you want to be a little bit more fearful of the thing. So I'll try and make a bit more pace this time, hopefully. So. And I'm going to be looking forward to <laughs> seeing your matchup, man. Thanks for coming Max, and talking to us. Good to see you. Up, man. Nah, you didn't yeah, interrupt anything. You I just add it. to the proceedings. Please, please, <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, but Jackie has just gone on a roasting sprint. I'm not on a roasting... No, I, I don't want to say it now. As we're it's... looking at Adam Jones' like freshly skung, bald head, there's been a few questions as to why this has occurred. What, what's your first observation, Jackie? I just wondered, because tall people are generally slower. I was wondering if it was making him more aerodynamic and fast. I feel like that's not what's happened. Also, like... The shine on the top of that head right now makes it look like his skull has a bit of a spinal cord. His skull has a spine. Yeah. I guess it is a fairly aerodynamic head. Look at him. It's not a completely spherical bald head. It's definitely it definitely has some some divots, some rivets. It, it comes to a quite a ridge point. It's almost like his bone has a mohawk. So like, it's it's almost like you know that that Darrow Seaford it's built into him it's built into his DNA it's I just want to know Mr. Jones why'd you do it it's why'd you do it because he's going grey from fucking having to put on M16 open shows during COVID is it a taxi <laughs> he's going to slip out of chokes because he has a giraffe's neck <laughs> I feel like it's not going to help him that much can you go and ask him I will ask him I will ask him okay thank you oh man well, I've been chatting for about five minutes with Alex Lanyon, the gentle giant himself, congratulating him on his recent black belt. Cheers. Quite amazing, quite amazing. And I just said, everyone's very happy for you. But I'm also very happy because you're here today and you get to compete again. Last time out, you had half of the main event. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, what a talent he is, but very good showing from himself. This time out, you've got one of the most skilled black belts from South Australia, Jesse Hughes. Jesse Hughes right. How are you yeah. feeling about that? Yeah, good. I mean, my training's been going well. Like, I can't really complain about that. You know, normally you get there's always something coming up, and I haven't really had that. So, yeah, I can't complain. Body feels good. Um, mind feels good. So You're yeah. looking in the best shape I've seen you in for a while, man. Like, yeah, I feel like I am. I've been doing, like, uh, uh, just a couple of... I, I got onto kettlebells more than heavyweight. Yeah. Um, so I've been really loving that. Um, and I've been doing it a little bit more like rehab or prehab, I guess yeah, you call it. Yeah. So I'm not really rehabbing anymore. Yeah. No, I understand what you mean. Like, and I can train more. Yeah, that's right. I've seen like I've seen you a lot competing, grappling industries, AGC and stuff like that. 
and I know you've had one of those storied histories where it's a little bit like done really, really well competitively, but have also had to face down injuries at the same time. And that's hard. That's really hard mentally. And it starts you thinking along the lines of like, all right, what can I do when I'm not injured to yeah. mitigate the risk? Because, you know, if you get injured, being that you're, you know, the head coach of Toa and you're in charge and have the responsibility of guiding a lot of people into their own jiu-jitsu journeys, like it... If you get injured and you can't do that to the best of your ability, they don't care so much. They're happy to have you around on the mats, but you care because there's so much that you want to do for other people. Yeah, and I know you're sure. that type of guy as well. So I think it's like, it's not too bad up at all because like, I'm surrounded by a lot of good lads as yeah. well. So uh, like I, I did have a big knee injury, um, uh, which was surgery in the uh, whole works. And that actually went... It was frustrating for me, like yeah. you said. But actually, like everyone pulled together and sort of it worked out well. Like, well, you know, it was yeah. a really good opportunity actually for a couple of the lads to step up and like I sort of taught them how to coach. Yep. And so I sort of looked at it as an opportunity. Still sucks, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it looks sort of like, like a nice looks, community looks, at Toa as well. So that yeah, sort of yeah. probably would have boosted it up a little bit as well. Yeah, for sure. I know like uh, everyone who. Um, trains there sort of loves training there and the thing that really gave that away after a little while is like those people who leave yeah. and they start coming back yeah and you're just like oh they didn't leave because they didn't like it they, yeah. they, they just left because <laughs> life happened yeah. right and i was just like oh cool that's that's good you know i'm not doing something terribly wrong no so. not at all i don't, I don't yeah. think you're you're that guy i think you're the guy who puts in effort for everyone so I try to. I definitely try to. So, yeah, I'm yeah. really looking forward to what's coming up today. And again, congratulations yeah, on your black belt. I know everyone says the exact same thing every single time, but it was very well deserved. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really happy to see it, man. Have a good day on the mats, please. All right, we're going to do this real quick. Feb, Richie, and the man who holds the hopes and dreams of the entire South Australian martial arts community in his hands today, Big Pooh Bear. Damien Bollard, are you going to rape choke Adam Jones in your match today? Uh, I'll be looking for uh, any advantage I can get against the big man. We already have an advantage in personality, general <laughs> hygiene, likability. So I feel like, you know, if we start you in the mount, which is what I've suggested already, I don't really see that as an advantage. I just I just feel like that is, should be normal, should be where we are starting. Like, you've earned that right. Yeah, uh... Opponents just tend to pull me out for me, so um, I'm hoping he will do that, and uh, it's all, all she wrote from there. <laughs> so, in all seriousness, you're looking forward to today's match, Yeah, it'll be big, exciting match, uh, probably the biggest test of my uh, jiu-jitsu journey so far, so I'm um, looking forward to letting it all hang out. Well, I'm sure the two men standing in front of me right here are quite proud of you, and uh, they have surely prepared you. How are you guys feeling about it today, Matt? After hearing that rules meeting, we're going to have to really readjust the game plan. There's a few things we were planning that aren't allowed, so uh, I think the consensus is doom anyway. No one's going to call it. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, last time Demo had a match against Adam, you got caught in a triangle, so we've been practicing um, the power bombs out of the triangle to coincide with the ADCC rule set. I feel like power bombs should be a part of any fundamental curriculum at any <laughs> jiu-jitsu school as well. If but not, you're really letting your students down. Yeah. Well, look, man, we're going to do welcome to country right now, but whilst I've got you two here, would you guys both agree to come on the podcast for real and, and do a podcast with me if, if you ever you had the time? Or? 100%. Yeah, yeah. You would? Yeah, have a that. Be great. Fantastic, man. Ah, you heard it here. They can't back out now. <laughs> well, we got through the welcome to country, which was awesome as usual, and the matchups have begun, and the leg locks are flowing. That seems to be what it comes down to. 
who can defend the leg locks early on in the day and who can't. And there is certainly uh, a greater level of negotiating and understanding from every single team across South Australia. Now, uh, if you're not precise with your leg locks, not only are you not getting the submission, but you're going to get your back taken, you're going to get stacked past and smashed, and it's just going to be a matter of time before um, you insisting on a position that you don't have gets you in more trouble than it used to because the knowledge level across the board is much, much greater. Now, two leg lock finishes early on in the day uh, in the lower ranked matches, but I know that we're going to steadily scale up as time goes by and uh, those dynamics are going to play out. But right at, right at the outset, you can see as a group, as a whole, the level in the state has risen once more. And I'm going to try and get a little bit of commentary and coverage. And we had a bit of like fun earlier on in the day, which is good. I'm sure Adam's going to listen back to it and be very happy with me, uh, as he usually is. But we get to the pointy end, we get to the serious end. And as we alluded to in the breakdowns and with our initial guests today, there are some serious matchups going on on this card. And you can feel the excitement that is that is going on at the moment. And it is... We're just waiting. It's just a waiting game. The, the clock is ticking. It's a time bomb, and we're all waiting for it to go off. Well, as a follow-up to that last entry, actually, it really is playing out that way. It's just leg locks versus chokes. We're either getting submissions at the top of the body or right at the bottom. It's who can defend, who can counter, who can navigate, and who's aware, and who can finish. And it's been really good so far. And again, I can't state enough. It's an obvious step up in level all round from every club in South Australia because we're seeing people who have been on the M16 Open before completely outmatch their previous performances. I mean, it's it's really cool to see. I and mean, from perspective's point of view, from sorry, a, a spectator's point of view, even though I can't speak that well, I can look quite well, and it looks very very cool really really obvious progression and man i'm still in awe that we get to do these types of things and all come together and all take part in in shows like this so yeah looking forward to it let's go josh wallace we just saw joshy get get the head arm joke get on top score your points get your grips piss people off arm triangle (laughs) go home hey where do you think he learned that half guard sweep (laughs) next anyway Alright, I'm going to have to get this one down. This is my pick for the sleeper match on the undercard. Dennis Pasamba from Progressive and around the place versus Jesse Lawton from 10th Planet Adelaide. So I'm going to do a little bit of commentary on this as this is a very closely contested match. I was pretty excited to see when it got announced. They're fighting hands in the beginning. Surprisingly, no guard pulls yet. Dennis has a notoriously hard-to-pass guard and Jesse has a notoriously strong squeeze on him so it's style versus style skill versus skill and a lot of expectation behind this match jesse uses the linking up to pull just seated guard looking for inside position quarter half dennis goes into the body lock position but then backs out so he's using a little bit of distance passing dennis is not so well versed in the adcc rule set but very well versed in jiu-jitsu in general he passed briefly through to the mount, but Jesse is working towards a dolphin escape, trying to isolate one hit. Dennis looks to backstep, which almost got him saddled, but uh, a scramble appeared and a stand-up occurred. Now, Dennis pulls guard, which I'm not overly surprised about. 
He has a very hard to pass guard. And a lot of his attacks come from here as well. He breaks the posture down. Sumigayeshi immediately into the into the shoulder crunch, applying pressure. Looks like Dennis is really attacking and using some energy early on in the match. Um, Jesse's looking pretty nice and calm and cool. Jess is actually standing up out of this shoulder crunch attempt. It's getting lower on the elbow, but he uses that to create enough leverage to escape. Now Dennis on the outside, Della Hiva. Back up to see the guard. Jesse looking composed. Very, very composed in this first five minutes. I think Jesse is very well versed in the ADCC rule set, understands the attacking that happens in the second five. He's taken the chance on a hip switch to go over for a guillotine, as we said. Very, very strong squeeze and strong on the neck here. And being that Dennis was getting a little bit lulled into Jesse's pace there, that was a quick turn of events, but Dennis able to thwart off the threat. We're back here in an open guard situation. It looks like Delaheva reverse Delaheva play from Dennis. Jesse's picking up the heels quite well and steps in with his opposing leg. So... He chooses to make Dennis switch sides on where he's going to play his guard, which is very subtle, but very impactful as well. We get a stand-up, and Dennis pulls guard again. As time ticks on, Dennis is going to have to be aware that he won't be able to do that. Just a little bit of a probe on a back step for Jesse into the saddle there. Oh, Dennis wrestled up immediately into an arm-in-guillotine attempt from Jesse, and it looks like he's let it go. I'm very impressed by the composure on Jesse Lawton for this first five minute. Moving into rubber guard now as Dennis was looking to body lock pass and very nice stealth pass from the meat hook there, clearing the neck very strongly. If you've ever been in this position with rubber guard with a cleared neck from a talented practitioner from the 10th planet style, it's very, very hard to navigate away from without a follow-up transition or attack. Look like the head pressure really was strong there from Dennis as he stacked over to the rubber guard side and Jesse let it go. So Jesse looks more like he's learned his lessons from his past attempts here at the M16 Open and is just probing with his pace over the first five minutes as opposed to committing heavily on any one technique or any one bite. Whereas Dennis is sort of showing his hand a little bit but bringing that classic progressive style pressure as well. Body lock, passing, trying to go through to the mount. Um, but he just went a little bit quickly there. He just went a little too hasty on trying to mount and got caught up on the hooks and got reversed. So now Dennis back on bottom in the open guard position. I really feel that Dennis could look at a little bit of strategy and save those strong passing attempts for the second five minutes because it looks like he is gassing a little bit, whereas Jesse's still smooth. Back to the sumageshi and the shoulder crunch attempt from Dennis, but he's come back down to the legs. Uh, as Dennis committed his grips to the legs, Jesse sat back on Ashigarami attempt of his own, which led him to a switch up to the saddle on the far side. Very old school Craig Jones style, but neither attempt got a solidified position, so he came back on top. Just having a quick reset here. Almost time for points to be in, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the styles and strategies change in that second five minutes, as we've talked about before with an ADCC rule set, it can be very impactful. Quick little backstep probe from Jesse as he made contact with the reverse Delaheva on Dennis. Dennis has a deep Delaheva. 
and Jesse just looking to enter into it and points are on and we see an immediate pace change okay so Jesse less probing much more sniping now more attacking and he locks his hands on an over under from almost an HQ position and really chooses to pin and flatten out Dennis so that is a drastic change in strategy from Jesse from that first five minutes to the second five Dennis being resigned to almost playing quarter guard having to go under for almost a deep half position Jesse was looking for the gift wrap position here much more insistent on the top position blast up from the hooks came from Dennis which gave Jesse another look at the neck so definitely going from lower body to upper body Jesse's either looking at your legs looking at your heels or is looking at your neck and you're always going to be able to get one we may potentially see a Kimura transition from Jesse if he looks to bridge that gap a little bit but it's really time for Dennis to start to come up and attack but he's got to be careful because if he chooses to wrestle up he could give the neck Jesse moves into HQ here and looks like again he wants to snatch up a submission through transition basic knee slide back to HQ back step out of HQ but Dennis doing well Dennis is notoriously strong grips notoriously strong guard retention and pulls the full guard now puts the full guard there's no points in this second yet Jesse looking to do a winch stand up from that full guard position gets Dennis off Dennis's shoulders off the mats there's going to be a, a pop point here there's going to be a transition and there it is Jesse sits into the Ashigarami and is attacking the submission on the outside heel hook and gets the outside heel hook. Very nice. So it was either going to be the neck or the foot and it looked like the composure and the strategy and just the experience really played out there for Jesse in the end. A very consummate performance there right at the end. A very good matchup and I'd say that would be the main event of the undercard right there. Very happy to see that go down both guys deserve a lot of uh, respect and a lot of success in their respective jiu-jitsu careers. Looking forward to going on to the next match. Had to disappear there for a bit with some very exciting matchups. Unfortunately, Adam Jones didn't pick up the victory, but he showed a great account of himself. He got his reverse X-guard uh, elevation into the saddle. He had some good looks at some systems with a high guard, but Damon Villar up to the task once again. He rode those transitions out and was able to get on top, Passing the guard, side head arm choke. But man, we're, everyone is all for these guys. Whoever steps out on the mat, we just want to see good stuff happen. Managed to step away and coach uh, Alan Hartley or just corner in conjunction with Declan Moody, which was an absolute treat. I think we said back step at the same time about five times. But Alan, with a, a consummate professional performance, really was able to survey and soak up all the data and information early in the match and was able to ride those transitions and just feel where he was strong later on in the match and was really really dominant in those later stages gas tank held up technique held up fight iq was massive but um we've got diego versus M mikhail yahaya right now and it looks like diego has actually suffered a tricep injury really really early on in the match which is just terrible i hope he's okay that's terrible that's really bad news he's got that caruso spirit though he might be coming back he's a spartan he is a spartan here we go Let's see how it plays out. Diego Caruso picks up the, I would say, upset victory against Mikhail Yehaya. That's one of his first matches as a black belt. I think that's Diego's first match as a black belt. 
fucking amazing, amazing performance, amazing outcome. You know, those Spartans, they know how to get it done, man. They know how to persevere. They know how to win. They know how to dig deep. Next up is Jesse Hughes and Alex Lanyon, and this is going to be ridiculous. And you know what? I might have to just get a little bit of match commentary on this because these are two incredibly technical grapplers. Alex pulls open guard immediately. Jesse steps into the knee slide and knee cut to back step. Very nice combination passing and a quick reframing from Alex. Jesse's very deceptive with his style of passing. It's a floating and precious style. He will get to your neck. He has a very, very well-known Japanese necktie and dash system that he goes to and he has a strong knee cut style of passing. Immediate back step. He used the pressure of the back step to bait into the saddle and he's deep on in the saddle now. Double trouble. Texas Cloverleaf controlling the toes on Alex Lanyon. And this could be over very, very quickly if he gets to that heel. Alex doing a good job, a better job than I've seen. And there it is. Amazing work from Jesse. Jesse Hughes. Finishes don't need cardio, buddy. Takes out the new black belt in Alex Lanyon and solidifies himself as one of the best in the state of South Australia. Massive, massive result. And you can hear from the reaction of the crowd how much that meant to the South Australian community. Big result for the SA boys today as Lachlan Conway gets a, a patented straight footlock submission against Toll Simpson from Brisbane. And then that was brutal. And uh, Lachlan makes his return to the mats after a little bit of time off of competing. He's actually going to be in the Boa Super 8. Make sure your eyes are open and peeled for that. There's some crazy super fights going down, including Mikhail Yaha on that one as well. Yeah, I think we're getting... Um, down Daniel Schwartz on that one as well. There's some really high-level stuff going down. But as for today, I mean, we're about to move into Aaron Blackie versus Jeremy Skinner, and I'm going to try and position myself to see exactly what goes down in this one because it is the sleeper matchup of the day. It absolutely incredibly intriguing what's going to go down in this one. So the match has begun. Jeremy's pulled, seated guard, moves into a reverse Delaheba position and immediately gets a low grip on the calf and shin into Z guard as Blackie puts pressure. He put in a butterfly hook from that Z guard and he's looking to invert to a leg entanglement immediately. Blackie looks aware and understanding and he's blocking well with space between the hips. But man, Jeremy getting getting right onto the hamstrings and getting onto the inside medial ligaments of the knee with an overgrip to keep Blackie's leg close in on the inside. And, and that was very good escape there from Blackie as those were some tight leg lock positions, tight entanglement positions that are obviously well drilled and dialed in. And Blackie was up to the task. Blackie now taking a slightly different approach in his passing, keeping his head in the middle to occupy space. He hasn't committed to a full body lock pass as of yet. But obviously the knowledge is there. Obviously the know-how is there. You can only assume he's training with some of the best guys that Australia has to offer. Just signed to the PFL, judo black belt, jiu-jitsu black belt. He's got a lot of high-level training partners. He's a combat athlete. I mean, combat-sponsored, combat training center-sponsored athlete. 
and he has seen it all and done it all in terms of MMA and he knows how to perform. You know, we've speculated about this. It was to the point now where we have a reset in the middle of the match, but Jeremy Skinner's actually pulled full and close guard, which is uh, an indicator of the type of pressure and blocking that Blackie had on the lower body. But Jeremy's no slouch on armbars, no slouch on triangles. He used an armbar attempt to go to K-guard, and he's used that K-guard to sweep over to the backside 50, and he's got a strong bite. Blackie looking to track sprint to get out. He's kept a hold of the toes. Blackie initiated a spin, but just not far enough, and Jeremy, with that patented understanding and precision of the leg lock game, inside heel hook finish as Blackie ran. There was some high level defense and high level offense. And again, it just plays out. You know, this, that was, if you were watching as a fan of jiu-jitsu in that matchup, someone who's been watching all of the high level grappling take place over the last year to two years, you'd be able to identify and recognize almost every transition that occurred in that matchup and understand how detailed and how high level that was. Either of those guys could be competing on a world stage, but we are just so privileged to have them competing on the M16 Open. And you can hear the crowd simmer again as we now move into Declan versus Devin Coetzee. And look, I'm just gonna stay on commentary because I'd love to be able to describe everything that's happening, but the, the feeling is what I want to describe the most. It's electric. I see Miles Simpson walk past me on the left-hand side to get a better seat himself. He wants to see this. So the match has begun. 88Ks champion versus 99Ks champion, Moody versus Coetzee. And we're playing neckties early in the bout. It's been a great day for the South Australian contingent so far. It's been a great day for grappling and jiu-jitsu in the community so far. And this being our main event, all in one showcase is just absolutely fantastic. So some good outside and overtire grip fighting here. Some good knowledge of the upper body clinches being shown. Moody stands quite a bit taller than Devon, so he's able to come from up to down with his neckties, goes to the double collar tie to just enforce that pressure a little bit more. I expect nothing less than a very composed performance by both practitioners. Devon showing some feints at an inside high crutch. He peels off that right side collar tie with a two-on-one outside Russian grip. A nice little overtie, but they're both showing right now. They're both showing. Declan is probing with that necktie to try and see what kind of reactions are occurring. Declan is no slouch in the wrestling game. He can shoot off that right necktie, get to a single, get to a body lock, and crush you down to the mat. And Devin is no slouch on bottom. Hey, Declan is no slouch on bottom. He can start bearing bolo chains from basic half guard if he chooses to. There's a nice throw-by, slide-by attempt from Devin there. You can see, again, when you start to feel that in the upper body clinch as a practitioner, you start to feel the technical wrestling and the negotiating of the upper body ties play out. You understand that you're grappling with a well-versed practitioner. Inside foot sweep to next snap there from Declan. We're still in this upper body clinch. Again, I expect nothing less than a very composed performance. Big rush into the body lock from Devon. Uchimata from Declan rolls into the leg, uses that to roll into the leg and a counter, a counter saddle in Ashigarami immediately from Devon. That was one of the most high level transitions I've seen so far. Brilliant blocking 
from Declan as he as he boots and slides in very nice and very low, hiding his heel very well and blocking inversions from Devon so that Devon can't re-expose. But it's a tricky game. It's a precarious game. Devon has to let go and slide out. Declan gets the step over, threatened the neck momentarily, and now threatens the neck again on the DAS. Strong bite on the neck here from Declan. Strong DAS choke. He rolls through with it. Rolls through with the DAS choke and gets on top. Wow, Devon gets out, but he made the fatal mistake of turtling in order to block and gave Declan an immediate back take. Declan is an absolute killer on the back. Doesn't matter how many hooks he's got in, he's going to go over that neck. Constant roll through transitions. Two hooks are in. Rene Kachok is set. And I can see that hand wavering. Oh, such a strong battle for defense on Devon. He does not want to give this up. That is amazing defense, amazing tenacity from Devon. He still hasn't given up, fully locked in choke. And he went out. being tended to on the mat here as he went all the way out in the choke and I can categorically say that is one of if not the highest level matchup I have witnessed in person on South Australian soil ever that could have been a world level elite matchup and the hometown favourite Declan Moody gets the job done in absolutely amazing fashion not without adversity, had to fight through leg lock attempts, had to fight through brilliant wrestling and transitions. The show of skill that was on display today was second to none. That could have been on the Who's Number One Championship. That could have been on Grapple Fest, could have been on Fight to Win. But no, it was right here on the M16 Open. And you can add another belt to the belt collector. 88 kg champion and now 99 kg champion Declan Moody. We're going to have to throw some killers in to stop him. Makes you very excited for the next M16 Open. You hear the applause. You hear the elation of the crowd. Make sure that you get involved in this. If you're a jiu-jitsu practitioner out there that wants to get known, put your hand up. If you're one of those clubs who have had guys on here before or maybe you haven't had guys on here before, put the hand up. We need more practitioners, more females, more tournaments, more higher belts, more community input into the scene in jiu-jitsu because we're going to turn out more Declan Moonies and more awesome days like this. Get down, buy your tickets, watch the streams. Man, that was absolutely fantastic. I'm blown away. Absolutely blown away. Yeah, Jackie's been insulting people all day. Uh, we, we just watched the last matchup. I'm here with Timmy Flashbang Rogers and Johnny Sins. It's pretty amazing. Like, I've never seen anything go down like that on, on South Australian soil. I was doing like match commentary on it. I was blown away. Like the level of technique and transitions that occurred in that matchup were off the charts from both guys. Yes. Like, it, it was give and take, and it was just ridiculous. Oh, Jarek's here as well. Uh, Johnny Sins isn't actually here with his cock out. This is this is Jack Hayes that we also have. This is lookalike. Freshly skung head, Jack Mini, Hayes. Mini Johnny. Mini yeah, Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, but not so mini, apparently. Yeah. Hey, hello. Sean, think that's a trick. Does it, though? No, no. <laughs> 
does in my world. <laughs> hey, that's all, that's all that matters, eh? Flashbang, this was your first time coming to an M16 Open. What was your impression of the, the event in total? <laughs> oh, it's really good. I, but I, half, half the time, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, I, I know most of it, but this man, this this is such a high level. Man. If guns like, aren't throwing elbows, well, yeah, well, these guys, man, like it's incredible the the level, man. The level is like ridiculous. It's not a normal grappling competition. No. It's uh, it's the best, the best that South Australia has to offer. So it's awesome. I really enjoy myself. Yeah. I regret wearing pants because it's a bit hot. <laughs> it's a bit hot in here. Yeah. Uh, if you would say like match of the day or competitor of the day, anything that stood out to you? Oh, Alan Hartley, man. Like, I love that guy. I love him. That, you that, was, an awesome, him out. that was an awesome match, man. And, and he looked like he had heats more in the tank too. His cardio and his like timing, his explosive. I was talking to Will Kolarov. Yeah. Just like the way that he just picks his picks his like timings is perfect. So would you say that uh, you would endorse this? competition you would want oh, people yeah. to come to it 100 definitely recommend coming to this competition so for a, for a long time mma guy who doesn't care so much for the kisses and hugs <laughs> to say that he they should be in it yeah that, that says something massive 100 100 it's a really good this is awesome actually like this is so chilled out but so professional at the same time 100 man i think it's good it's good to see you out here like it's part of the combat sports community you yeah. know what I mean like the fact that we get to have events like this is very very unique this yeah. has not been running we're not getting a lot of MMA shows we're not even getting a lot of Knees of Furies and stuff like that so the fact that we have this amount of spectators that, that much high caliber yeah. action going on and the fact that everyone rocked up and was happy there's yeah. no like niggles no, no, no one was adversarial no. it was just all high level shit yeah absolutely my eyes and Adam good on him for doing it because it's just um it's good to be out. It's really good. Yeah. Oh, it's good to have you here as well, man. We get Timmy Flashbang like debut on the M16 Open, like the first combat jiu-jitsu match on the M16 Open. Hey, why not? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll do that. Wow, yeah, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Guys, I cannot say anything more about this event. You know, you heard it from Tim himself. Uh, someone who doesn't even come to grappling competitions thought that, you know, fuck man, I've got to get down to this show, you know, this is going to be high level, and yeah, when you when you look at what happened here today, and you think about every club being involved, every, every single person who stepped on the mats showing improvement and progression in their grappling, no matter where they're from, it means that the state is evolving, it means that grappling is progressing again, and just the fact that we have competitions like this and like-minded people who are driving that evolution forward it, it means that something special has happened so i can't say it enough get down here get amongst it and get behind the people who who do so much for us here in the, in the community of combat sports in south australia wow what a big day guys stay tuned we'll be back same bad time same bad channel for all the bad fans out there